Welcome back, Odacia family. Really excited to give you guys another episode of Culture. Uh, it's our third episode titled The Great Contradiction, Luxury Streetwear. Before we get to business, I'm just going to do my uh, quick shameless plug. Please make sure to follow my personal and business accounts on both Twitter and Instagram. The Twitter is app for that 17, A-P-P-F-O-R-T-H-A-T-17. That's the same on Instagram as well. And the business Instagram, Odacia Clothing, spelled A-U-D-A-C-I-A underscore clothing on Instagram and Odacia Co. on Twitter. All right, got that out the way. <clears throat> so, luxury streetwear. When I say that, what comes to mind for you? I personally think of Supreme, Off-White, Yeezy Season, Fear of God, etc. These are like iconic brands like Bape, right? They've been around for a while. They're worn by people all over the globe. Uh, brands that all started in one way or another from the actual streets or from like a, a social movement or an urban backing, right? Uh, they are genuinely like they're authentic. They're genuine. Uh, many of which got their start before the social media era. So they grew in popularity when uh, more eyes got on the brand because they actually are dope, right? Like Supreme got its followers and people who mess with the brand because they make really high quality stuff or Bape got its following because they actually have really cool stuff. Like it's different. It's unique. And they've convinced us to put on the coat. And if you don't get that reference, listen to the last five minutes of episode two. But here are some facts. As of March 2018, Supreme New York, the Instagram account, has 9.6 million followers on Instagram. Off-White, um, a brand started, I believe, by Virgil Abloh, but, uh, who's friends with none other than Kanye West and is the guy behind the Off-White brand, has 3 million followers. Bape has 2.7 million followers. So those are just some examples of these brands, right? In my personal opinion, all these brands make amazing, high-quality clothing. My question is, when does streetwear stop becoming streetwear? Or does it ever stop? Is it ever not streetwear, right? So uh, here's a fact. The Yeezy 350 retailed at $200, but it resells at far higher. So like $200 isn't an insane amount for a shoe. Probably more than I'd ever spend, but that's not ridiculous, right? Uh, Supreme hoodies retail for $148. So that's like the, just a classic Supreme hoodie. You can literally Google it, right? They Supreme it around $148, $145. Yeezy retails at $200. But the resale price is what really is, is where things can get, can get wild. So according to High Snob Society... An extremely popular website that speaks on urban fashion and culture. Supreme hoodies can resell up to $450 to $500, which is a huge markup. The Virgil Abloh Off-White Nike collab has been extremely successful. It's worn by everybody you could think of. Comedians wear it. Athletes wear it. Um, Jaden Smith was spotted, I think, with a pair of these on. And according to sites like Soul Collector and backed by Yeezy Mafia, um, the retail will be as follows, right? 
The Air Max Virgil Abloh collab is going to be $160. The Blazer Mid, $130. The Air Jordan 1 sells for $190. The Nike Air Presto Off-White collab will be $160. And the most expensive is the new Air Vapor Max coming in at $250. So really nothing too insane. Maybe the um, Air Vapor Max like starting to hurt the wad a lot. But then let's look at the resale prices for these, right? Particularly for the Air Force One Lows. It starts at $700. And peaks around $1,400. So I need to know, why are resellers marking up these prices so much? Who is buying these items? And more importantly, how did streetwear, an innovative style of clothing expressive and creative with an ability to make something out of nothing become a status symbol for the rich for those who think they can answer that question or are interested in having a discussion please shoot us a dm um, message the uh, instagram account or my twitter account personally and i'd love to have that discussion with you but here's my take on it <clears throat> these spaces where things become popular or grow in social awareness, they're all dependent on perception, right? These brands manufacture a perception of exclusivity because they realize that too much in the market can make their product um, undesirable, right? It's not exclusive anymore. It's not, it's not a limited release. Everyone could get a pair of these. It's not the same. This is a context conscious zone, alert, right? Supreme was established in 1994 as a skateboarding shop and clothing brand never intended for mainstream consumption. They were not the norm, right? And they probably did limited releases back then. That obviously worked for them. So they still do limited releases now. The high demand with low supply skyrockets people's willingness to pay. It's an economics term, right? WTP, willingness to pay. The resellers step in and buy up the clothes at retail price in bulk and further restrict or shrink the supply while the demand stays the same. This is the fun part, right? This is where ability to pay comes in and drives the price up. Because sure, if I had $1,400 to burn on sneakers, hey, I might spring the bread for it. I'd be willing to pay, but I don't have that kind of money yet. But the product is still cool as hell. And the perception of the brand has a subset of the population willing to, and more importantly, able to pay. And those people aren't from lower income brackets, nor are they the majority. Resellers are more than aware of this, and they mark up the prices to earn profit. I personally think it is an awesome business plan, and if executed well, you can get a lot of money. But it definitely creates an issue of access. Is there a way to tackle this issue without messing with anyone's money? I definitely think there may be some ways to look at this, but I think that one answer is startup brands. So what's the issue with high priced clothing? If you if we say that we're paying for quality or we're paying for design and aesthetics i agree but only up to a certain point after a certain level for the most part your high-end clothing is the same cotton it's the same fabric 
just maybe more durably made, right? So what are you really paying for? You're not paying for the shirt, the fabric, you're paying for the brand, you're paying for the name that's on the shirt and the status or look that it gives you when you put it on. Supreme's brand is worth a lot. It's worth enough that resellers are aware of the fact that they can buy up the shirts at a cheaper price and resell them for almost three to four times their original value. That's how much the brand is worth. People who buy Jordans and resell them are aware that the scarcity of these Jordans is so high that when they do drop, people are willing to spend far more than what the initial retail price was in order to obtain a pair. This is just business 101. High demand, low supply, higher prices. More people want it. There's not enough to go around. So the people with the most money crowd their way to the front and obtain whatever it is the product is. This is really just like a symptom too of maybe capitalism and doing things for profit. But at the end of the day, I don't think we're getting rid of capitalism anytime soon. So how do streetwear brands operate in this space? Because I personally have no issue with someone capitalizing on building a brand and then making money off of it. I'm a huge fan of Virgil Abloh and Off-White. Here's a man who bridged streetwear or was a big part of bridging streetwear and high fashion. Here's Supreme also has recent um, collaborations with uh, Gucci and Balmain and Balenciaga. So there's so many different brands out there that are starting to really impact high fashion streetwear brands that it's creating this interesting dynamic because we like to ask, well, who is streetwear for? It's for everybody. So I don't think anyone should be excluded from wearing what it is they want to wear. It's just that it's become an interesting, uh, interesting stage or interesting uh, field of play because these brands want to still be exclusive and still be unique. And a great way to do that is to not have your stuff everywhere, right? Make it harder to get, make it more exclusive to a certain group of people or only certain people who follow certain accounts or speak to certain people in certain circles would know about a drop to get something. But with that in mind, a lot of the times those people are resellers and not just authentic fans. So when those resellers do buy up all the product and resell them, it's further removing the accessibility. So this is just a, just an issue for us all to think on. For those of you who are passionate about streetwear and clothing and know about High Snob Society and Complex Magazine and read articles about streetwear and the importance of the expression that it gives communities and people who put this clothing on and how they feel. So it's for those of you who care, this is a pretty big deal. So I'd really love to know what you think. Is there a way to another way to fix this issue without messing with anyone's money? Um, this is a rather short episode, 
but it's definitely something that I hope can generate some discussion in the comment section of my Instagram posts or my Twitter feed. So really looking forward to some interaction. But uh, once again, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened so far to the first two episodes of the podcast. Um, Really exciting time. I'm really happy for all the feedback and positive comments I've gotten and the constructive criticism. Um, We're going to continue to make this a better podcast. So until next time, Odessia family.